Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for being here. Are you enjoying the weather? Wow, you guys are Gary, you need to serve everybody at Double Espresso this morning so we can get this crowd going. Thank you, Dave. Gosh, hey, welcome. One of the coolest things is, Joe, would you throw that scripture up um, for me, please? One of the things that I want to encourage you this morning is, is this really plays out in your life as a believer. They defeated him by the blood of the Lamb. That's Jesus' sacrifice and all he did for us. And then by your story. Your story is designed to transform and change people's lives. So often we look for experts or we listen to somebody else talk about God's word, and that's fine. But there's nothing more profound than your story being shared with somebody in your moment. Not what God said 20 years ago, but what God's doing now for you, through you, and with you. And we love to pause one of our Sundays quite a few times in our yearly program to let invite you to come share your story, because so often we get trapped in our Western culture to listen to somebody up here, whether it's a guy or a girl or whatever it would be, and we, we listen to an expert, and we go, that's amazing. We go home, we put it in the filing system, and we just leave it in the filing system and say, that, that's what they do, that's not what I do. Well, that, the truth of the matter is, that's actually not true. Your story is your story, and your story is filled with power and impact and influence for people that God places in your life. There's people in your life that I'll never, ever get to meet. That Jake, would you come here a second, please? See, you expect me, come on up here a second. You expect someone like me to do this? They're up against Jake, but I can't. Your Jakes are there for you to up against to allow your story to be shared with Jake in a way that's just relationally based, not in preaching, not in 15 points, not in whatever, not in worship, server, music, and that was all wonderful, but literally on a daily basis, your life would just rub up against somebody that God has placed in your life. Thank you, my friend. I want to invite three incredible people to come join me who have allowed their lives to rub up against people. Would you welcome incredibly, three wonderfully beautiful, fantastic young adults. Gary, you're a young adult because they're young, so I'll let you be a young adult in that sense. Whoop, whoop! Yeah. Can I, can I ask you two things this morning? One, you can ask God a simple question. Lord, what do you want to say to me through Tristan? What do you want to say to me through Eva? What do you want to say to me through Gary this morning? And the second question is, Lord, what am I going to do with what you say to me through this young man? What am I going to do with what you say to me through this amazing young lady? And what are you going to do with what you say to me through this Nazi young man? <laughs> I, uh, before we start this morning, I want to say something. Um, thank you. Thank you for loving me for 12 years. I've had the privilege to serve here for 12 years. These are, these are real people up here. They're not robots. They're not gimmicks. They're conduits. They're conduits of a living, loving Savior who loves to work through his kids, his kids of all ages. I, I've been a joy to, I've known this young lady, I've watched her grow up, but I've had a joy 12 years ago when God asked us to come to Utah that Gary sat on the church council. And I love Jesus. I think he's the coolest cat in the world. I'm not a religious person. I hate religion, by the way. I love personal relationship with Jesus because it's a daily thing. And 12 years ago when I sat with the church council and said, this is who I am. He said, I dare you. I dare you to do church that way. And for 12 years, I've tried really hard to make it a safe place for everybody. I don't know everything. I can't even spell half the names that he comes up with. I wish he would just go Ben or John or Robert, but he has all these bubble stuff like in there, and I'm like, what? I love his word, but I love his word alive in people. And this morning, you get to hear his word alive in people's stories, not just intellectually, but from a heartfelt perspective. And so 
We're going to invite this young man this morning. Young man, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for allowing yourself to be used to speak to people. And young men like this, unfortunately, in our culture, don't stand and do things like this. So do me a favor this morning. Would you stand? Would you put your hands together and welcome this young man? Come on! That's everybody. Yeah, thanks for that, everyone. That, w- that made me feel a lot better. <laughs> so, at Crossroads, um, my name is Tristan Morley. <laughs> I've been a servant leader um, on our youth team for about two and a half years now. Okay, that side of the room is just going to cheer the entire time, so I apologize for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> So recently, our youth group had our summer camp um, in Colorado, and I was asked to share my testimony from the camp. Um, But to fully understand my testimony, we have to go back three or four months before camp. So for the last three months before camp was happening, before I knew I was going to camp, I wasn't enjoying youth anymore. I felt like I wasn't doing my best, and I wanted to walk away from being a leader, and I wanted to walk away from youth. Um, some of the main reasons I felt like this was because it felt more like an obligation to go due to me being a leader. Um, I felt disconnected from the people I called my friends, and I felt like I didn't belong. It got to the point where I talked to Nate and Clay about it, and I told them how I was feeling. I told them I wanted to be done, but I wanted to wait for what God had to say, specifically at camp. Um, so that's what I made my goal at camp to be was to pray for that Um, because I learned that it's better to go to camp with something you want rather than trying to find something at camp to pray for Um, so fast forward a bit and first night at camp I was praying during worship I was asking God if I should leave and if I should be done and it's time for me to move on God said no I'm not done with you yet (laughs) he then told me to keep being a leader Not only did he say stay, he told me that when the time was right and after I graduate, I was to become an adult leader for the youth group. I said, all right, God, that's good enough for me. And he said, no, no, I'm not done yet. (laughs) Um, He then told me that I would be in some way helping leading a young men's discipleship group for our church. Um, This was a really big deal for me to hear because um, the high school guys haven't had a discipleship in over a year now, and then God told me I'd be helping leading it. At the time, I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know how I'd be helping, Um, but it was, it left me speechless to say the least. (laughs) Now, if you guys can believe, this was only the first night of camp, and we still have two to go, so you guys are in for a long ride, all right? (laughs) Um, so second night, the speaker was talking about things in our lives that we need to put a stake in or essentially kill. Basically, there's a story in the Bible with two people, one named Jael and the other named Sisera. Sisera was the captain of the Canaanite army, and God wanted the Canaanite army killed at the time. Um, so Jael took care of him when he escaped the army during the day. During the night, um, Jael took a stake from a tent and a hammer and killed him. So the message was, what's something in your life that you need to put a stake in? What's something in your life that you need to get rid of? Um, The biggest thing for me was um, I have a lot of anger and rage in my life due to a lot of different things, past and present. Um, So while the speaker was praying for healing, that's what I prayed for. And instantly I felt any anger I had leave and it felt, and I felt at peace. It was an overwhelming sense of peace And I think Philippines 4, 7 captures it best when it says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. 
which is exactly how I felt. I didn't fully understand how I was feeling, but I felt at peace. After I was freed of my anger, I was called to pray for three different people in different ways. Two of which told me what was happening, one of which God told me what was happening, and I was challenged to pray for them. Um, it was really scary, especially the one I wasn't told what was happening, and God said, just go pray, and this is what you're praying for. But I did it, and again, I felt at peace. So that concludes night two. I know, crazy, this has only been two nights, one to go, and for any of you that have been to a camp, this does feel like, all of these things feel like a last night of camp experience. <laughs> so third night, the speaker was talking about receiving your calling from God. And I was like, well, I kind of received mine the first night, but I'm going to pray anyways, maybe get more elaboration, maybe get something I didn't get before. And man, did I get more elaboration. <laughs> um, during prayer, God not only told me what I was going to do, he showed me visions of being an, uh, an adult leader, and he showed me visions of discipleship. For being an adult leader, I saw myself mentoring young students, and I saw myself winning over hearts for God. Amen. For discipleship, I got conversation that I would solely be leading it, and I saw victory, and I saw light come from darkness due to this discipleship group. I saw people engaging, and I can tell it was a beneficial thing. Due to these visions, I was completely speechless, and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Um, I was in awe that God was going to use me for that big of a deal. I never imagined that this is what God would use me for. And that's exactly what he showed me. So fast forward after camp, I talked to Nate about starting a discipleship group. And after a bit of planning and lots of near mental breakdowns, <laughs> I got it up and running. Um, the first night of discipleship was August 3rd. I was pretty nervous about it, but I did it, and it went really well. Um, and we've done two discipleship groups now, so prayer for more. <laughs> um, God did a complete 180 in my life from where I wanted to go. And all I can say to that is that God's plan for us is better than our plan for ourselves. Um, and a verse I would like to share with you all is Philippians 4.6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. This verse is extremely applicable to everyone, whether it's finances, work, your home life, your well-being, a well-being of someone else. Whatever the situation may be, and if you're worried about it or anxious about it, this verse is applicable to you. Um... This verse has always been something that has stood out to me. Um, I think out of the three messages I've given at youth, I've used this verse twice. <laughs> um, it, and it's a verse that helped me get through the anxiety and the fear of doing both of these big decisions. Um, so something I would like to challenge you all is to get involved serving. But don't just get involved serving. Get involved where you feel called. If you, it doesn't have to be at the church. If you feel called to go serve somewhere else, serve. For those of you already serving, I have two challenges for you. One, maybe step up in other areas that you feel called to and do multiple things. And two, make sure where you are serving is where you are being called to serve. Um. Just make sure you're devoting your time and your resources to what God has planned for you rather than what you have planned. God might surprise you with what he has planned, and as believers in Christ, that is our goal, is to obey him and follow what he wants for us. Thank you. Get, get it, get it all right. Come on, get it, get it all right. Get it, get it all right. Just get it all right. Get it all right. Get it all right. You ready?
I mean, it, it, I, I, I mean, I love the fact that you're cheering him, encourage him, but do you have the guts to take a step into what he asked you to? Or is it just, well, it was good for you, but hey, well, I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm boy to that. I'm beyond that because I'm an adult, like I'm an old person like Gary. No, I'm serious. I mean, we all clap him and it's amazing. But did you hear what God said to you and I? And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes. I'm just going to ask you to have the guts to step into it. Is there something you need to stick a stake in to stand on it? Is there something you need to stake in to kill it? If it's you, stand to your feet. Don't just clap him. Just stand to your feet. No, don't clap. You stand to your feet. Did you hear what God said? Or was it just a good, that was really nice, young man. I so enjoyed that. And I'm going to go home and do nothing with it. I mean, he prophetically, profoundly called us out. What's something you need to stick a stake in so you can stand on it? When I came back from Israel this last time, I was in Israel praying for you by the Wailing Wall. They already, they already spoke to me about, I want you to stick a stake in your time when you go home. So I flew back from Israel, went down to the center of Uinta, bought a stake from the store and drilled it, drilled it in the ground and said, Jesus, I claim this time for you. Whatever it takes, Lord, whatever you have to sacrifice in my life, I want the people around about me to experience the Jesus that I know. Yeah. Young man, these men, are, these men and women are standing because they heard the Lord speak yeah. prophetically and profoundly through. If you do me a favor, would you pray over them right now? Whatever Absolutely. it is, if you're standing going, Lord, I'm going to drive a stake because I have to stand on this, or I'm going to drive a stake because I need to kill this. I don't need to know, but he does. Right now, as Tristan is praying for him, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands before him, and then you, you quietly, because you do know that Jesus isn't deaf, right? Just so we're clear, you don't have to shout and Galder to get his attention. He's right here because he's where two or more are gathered there in the midst of them. I am. So he's here with them and he's standing with you and he's watching you respond to him. And as Tristan prays over you, I'm going to ask you to go, Lord, here is why I'm standing. Under your breath or however you feel is comfortable, you speak to Jesus right now, Lord. Here is the stake that I'm driving in the ground and here's the reason why I'm driving it. Young man, you pray for us. Thank you. God, I just thank you for all these people that are standing up and showing courage with what needs to be happen in their lives. God, I pray for whatever it may be with these people that they need to drive a stake in, that they'll drive a stake in it, and they won't affect them anymore. I pray that they can use that and turn it for your glory. I pray that anyone that isn't standing up receives this too. Maybe you were too scared to stand up, and that's okay. As long as you are praying this prayer in your heart that you want that gone, it'll be gone. And God, I pray for anyone serving or anyone who wants to serve that they feel called to an area and you show them very clearly where you want them and what their gifts are because I guarantee everyone in this room has a gift. And I guarantee it's a gift you can use. So God, I just pray for all these people in this room, standing or not, I pray that they'll put a stake in whatever they need to and I pray that they will be willing to serve you not necessarily that they will but they'll be willing In your name i pray amen, amen. Thank you, buddy. Amen. Amen. have a seat ladies and gentlemen you know we finished up a story a series called be made well and the whole last part of it was really about sharing your story it's really allowing God to use you where you're at, right? Not, not waiting for 20 years or 15 years or whatever, but Lord, how, how would you use me? Like, be fully present today. How would you let my story be effective in people's lives today? This young man is walking that conviction and that desire, right? That, Lord, my story would be shared with people so that people could be encouraged on their journey. Thank you so much, buddy. Really proud of you. Really, really proud of you. Do me a favor, guys. Would you stand a second? Welcome an incredible young lady, Miss Eva Pitchford, to the house. Should be on ready for you. I don't know. Oh, hi. There you go. My hands are a little sweaty. Um, <laughs> a bit nervous. Um, but yes, my name is Eva. Hello. Um, welcome to Crossroads. Um, I was asked to share a little bit of my story with you today. So, preparing for today, 
Jesus led me to thinking about just this past year of my life. And let me just tell you, wow, God is just, he's so good. Um, this journal that I have up here um, that I'm sharing from is similar to another one that I had that some of you may recall. Um, I used it for like every single one of my messages that I uh, did for youth group, but the main purpose was to write letters to God in it. Um, that has been the way that I have found that allows me to be most open and vulnerable with him. So I find letters to be really beautiful and intimate, and I think that started from hearing my mom and dad's um, love, their love story. Um, which it's an amazing story. You should ask them about it. <laughs> um, but I just thought, who better to share that with than the one who already fully knows me? So this journal right here is taking place of the other one because that one is now full. Um, so I actually started writing in this specific book shortly after I stepped down from serving as a leader in youth group. Um, the first page is a letter to God that I wrote last November. And it was about a week or two after my last Tuesday night, which is when we have youth group here. Um, it was a very sudden decision that Jesus led me to. And by sudden, I mean one week I'm there and he tells me, hey, you're speaking next week and that's your last Tuesday. And I was caught off guard. I was like, what? <laughs> um I knew it had to be that way because I would have tried to find a way to talk myself out of leaving or um, if I had more time uh, to think about it. And I was a part of youth group since I was in seventh grade, and I loved it. And I just barely turned 23, so I was there for about like 10 years of my life. Um, so reading the first page in this book, you'd be able to see just how much truth there is to that for how much I loved youth group and everything about it, because it starts out with me telling Jesus how hurt I felt and how I was just grieving that part of my life. I was grieving being at youth group. I was grieving hearing about the kids' lives, um, and it was hard, <laughs> really hard, um, and uh, I... Sorry, I lost my spot. Um, but Jesus had revealed that it was time for a new journey together. One that would be filled with new things. Um, one that would allow me to grow more in who he created me to be. And in the first page, I tell Jesus, and I just straight up tell him, I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for this, Jesus. Like, am I, are you sure you have the right person for this? Like, I, I feel like maybe we should stay. And he's like, no, no, you're ready. Um, but Jesus, he doesn't take us on journeys he hasn't already prepared the way for. Amen. He doesn't just tell us, go, without coming along with us as our guide. The journey that was in store for me in the next nine months would be one I could have never imagined for myself. Um, looking back to where I was then to where I am now, I can't imagine having done it without him. Jesus, my true friend. Jesus, my guide. Jesus, my first true love. Jesus, my forever and always. Jesus, my Lord. Jesus, my confidant. Jesus, my healer. Jesus, my king. Jesus, my absolute just everything. <laughs> Jesus, the one who chose me. Jesus, the one who knit me in my mother's womb and said, this is good. I knew I was going to cry, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> I just, I'm not able to see. Okay, there we go. Um, as I was writing this out, Holy Spirit took over my pen, 
to write down some things he wanted me to speak over someone today. You are my daughter. You are my princess. You are my warrior. You are my masterpiece. You are my chosen one for this journey. You are beautiful. You are called. You are brave, and you are known and loved. Some of those things I grew up hearing from several people who God placed in my life. But if I'm being totally honest, most of those things I didn't allow myself to truly believe for me until this past year. 2021 has been a year full of growing and learning. To give you a little insight, I had my first relationship start at the beginning of this year, and it ended about three months later. That led to a time where I felt a lot of pain and frustration. And shortly after the breakup, my grandma passed away. And the pain and the frustration from the breakup made it difficult to mourn her loss the way that I thought it should have been done. I was wounded, but those wounds have only led me to more joy and freedom than I could have imagined. No one wants to get hurt, and most of the time, people don't want to hurt others. However, humans make mistakes. And whether it's intentional or not, people end up getting hurt at some point in their lives. Pain is just unavoidable. We can't control how or when we get hurt, but we do have control of our response when it does happen. I didn't know what all 2021 had in store, but I knew it was going to be different. I want to read you an entry from this specific journal that I wrote back on New Year's Eve of 2020. Dear Jesus, we are at the end of this year. Wow, has it been a roller coaster. I could have never predicted what all 2020 would have in store for the world. It's so crazy to think that a year ago today, I was here at the church, ringing in 2020, worshiping you, not knowing how badly I would need, you to, need to turn to you. Jesus, thank you for everything. Thank you for your overwhelming peace through the year. Thank you for the many blessings you've poured into my life this year. And Jesus, I just give it all back to you. Jesus, you are stirring my heart. I feel your nudge of preparation. It's about to get uncomfortable. But Jesus, I say yes. Lead me through the uncomfortableness and open doors to my dark places so that we can work through things together. Jesus, I am ready. Whatever your plan may be for 2021, I say yes. Love, Eva May. Little did I know just how my life would be changed less than 24 hours from that entry. The journey I am on is one that has led me to a freedom I had only dreamed of, a freedom in knowing who I am in Christ. And it has allowed me to be bold and stand firmly in that identity. I didn't start to feel that freedom until I started the process of healing my wounds with Jesus. I am still healing. Healing is a process, and that's okay. God will go however fast or slow you allow him to. I was stubborn at the beginning, but God was patient with me. He simply said, I'll wait for you whenever you're ready. I know everyone has experienced pain in some way, and if there's only one thing you remember from my story, let it be this. In order to experience freedom tomorrow, you have to allow yourself to feel the pain today.
you said everything to us first. In order to experience freedom tomorrow, you have to allow yourself to feel the pain today. Are you? You're experiencing pain and you won't step into it so you can be free tomorrow? If that's you, stand. Don't close your eyes. Don't get in the prayer thing. Here's the thing. Don't give a rip about the person sitting next to you. You don't answer to them. In fact, they won't get you into heaven. He will. They, God will, and we hope they'll be there with you. But they don't get you in. They don't set you free. I mean, we can pray for one another, encourage them, and this young lady will pray for us in a second. But, but, but Eva will, will lead us and guide us and point us to the person that actually sets us free. And it's not a church building, and it's not a prayer meeting. I'm sorry. It's not a worship time. They're all great ingredients. In that moment, it's that individual person going, Jesus, I heard you, and I'm hurting and I want to embrace it so I can walk through and find freedom and not just keep feeding it. Because that's our culture, right? Feed the pain, not remove the pain. Justify the pain. So I can be, I was nearly in church, I shouldn't say that. Oh, that was nearly dangerous. So I can be angry at people. There's another word people use, but that's, that's what the enemy does to us. Keep it. Yeah, yeah. This is great. Yeah, here's why. Yeah. And God goes, no, come here. Come here. Embrace it, walk forward, find freedom. I mean, that, that's, that's what the Jesus we serve about, serve is all about. It's not just a check a box and do this, and this is wonderful, and he says we should meet together and celebrate, and that, that's wonderful, and we should worship, and that's practice for heaven, and oh, that's wonderful stuff. But I think that's what he wants for all of us, is that in the moment that we find ourselves, that we can truly be fully free to be everything he has called us to be. So as Eva is praying for this morning, and you know there's a pain around you that maybe is trying to stop you, and Jesus wants you to embrace it in a righteous sense and walk through it and find freedom in him. As this incredible young lady prays, I'm just going to ask you again, and what does this mean? It's a sign of surrender, right? It's, a, it's an international sign of surrender when we lift our hands. Or I'm surrendering. I'm going to embrace. I'm going to whatever. I'm surrendering my moment to you. And so... As Eva prays for us, I just encourage you to do the same thing. Whatever posture, if you want to get crazy and kneel down, take a knee, because even special forces guys can do that, right? What's that? A sign of respect. When a sergeant major walks on the field, they drop to a knee, and they're the world's greatest warriors. And what do they do? They take a knee. They submit themselves to authority that they're asking over us. So often, we as believers are comfortable with this. But for men, it is so difficult to do this, to take a knee before the, the Savior of the world, before the King of kings, the Lord of all, the Alpha and the Omega. Lord, I invite you into my circumstance. I'm leaving my circumstance. I'm moving beyond my pain. Eva, would you pray over us today? Thank you, young lady. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> I thank you that you are the ultimate healer. Yes. I thank you that you desire a relationship with us. And I thank you that you are a gentleman and will allow us to go at the pace that we want to. Jesus, you see your kids. You see their hurt. And you see their pain. And you're hurting along with them, Jesus. You feel their pain. And Jesus, I just pray that you will give them the strength to not want to numb the pain. Yes. To not want to look away. To not want to use it as a reason to either act or say certain things or be a certain way, Jesus. You want your kids to be free. You don't want them to feel this pain. Jesus, I just pray that the focus will be on you, not on the pain, not on the person that may have caused 
cause the pain, Jesus, but that the focus will be on you and that you will guide them through this journey of if it's just yelling their frustrations out into the world, Jesus. If that's where it needs to start, Jesus, then please, I pray that you will allow them to do so. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be frustrated. And it's okay to feel those feelings, Jesus. But I pray that they will not dwell on them. I pray that they will walk through them to the joy that you have in place of that pain, Jesus. I pray that those wounds that are in their hearts, or if it's physically, Jesus, those wounds will become scars, and those scars will be used to tell your story. I just pray that you will give them the opportunity to find their true identity in you, Jesus, and that they will step boldly in that because they are called. You have called your kids, Jesus and you know them, and you love them fully. And so I just thank you for today, and I just pray over them. I pray over their weak Jesus, as I know the enemy is going to fight, because he's not going to be happy. But Jesus, your kids are free in you, Jesus. And I just pray that you will call them to you, and that they will step boldly in that freedom, that they will not give back into that pain. And I ask this all in your mighty name. Amen. I love what Eve is saying to us that uh, all of us, I mean, I w don't do it, but I'm sure if you all kind of stripped off the shorts and a t-shirt, you could point all over your body the scars that you have, because we all have them, but they're not killing you anymore. They're not poisoning you anymore. We all get wounded. I mean, that's just, the, the, he's not a sugar daddy, he's a good, good daddy, right? But we have scars that you lived with, that wounds will kill you. And so often we hold on. And thank you, Eva, so much, young lady, for being who God's called you to be. So proud of you. I know your dad's sitting right next to you, but so <laughs> proud of you. It has been a joy to take this journey with you. Thank you so much for loving me through my mistakes and through my lessons and my learning and my falling. Thank you for allowing me to fall forward. Um, he has never uncovered me. He's always picked me up. Loved me enough and loved to come talk with me and help me on my journey. I, I'm still in process, ask my wife. I'm still in process. I want to be more and more like Jesus on a daily basis. But we're all human beings who, who fall forward in the things of God. And Gary has been an incredible friend to walk with me and to support me and to encourage me as I discovered how to love people the way God wanted me to love them. So do me a favor. Would you stand to your feet? Welcome the oldest man in the house tonight. I'll be here with Mr. Gary Prisford. ago and asked, Carrie, could you, uh, could you share something with the congregation about what's going on in your world? And uh, I've been a Christian for 41 years. Got stories <laughs> you wouldn't believe. Um, and so I want to show you this notebook. <clears throat> I was up till after midnight. Um, writing, and then my poor wife, <laughs> my poor wife, is, we're trying to get the time down and, and say, well, I'm going to share this, going to share that. And uh, so, <clears throat> I'll start with one important message for the men in the house. God won't let me not share it, and young men in the house too. In 1995, I made a commitment to God that I would read my Bible every day. The Air Force sent me to Korea without my family. And I said, God, 
I don't know what's going to happen over there, but I guarantee you I will read your word every day. And so about, I got there in August, November. True story. The pornography was here and the Bible was here. And I picked up the Bible and read it anyway. And I read it anyway. And I read it anyway. And by January of that year, I got into a promise keepers group. I got some men around me. Thank God. Thank God. I came back a new man. And uh, having said that, <laughs> I'm an addict. Like every other drag, drug addict. I'm not a recovered drug addict. I'm an addict. And I fight it every day. And you're going to fight it every day. If you open your life to something that you get addicted to, it never goes away. Whether it be cigarettes, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whatever that thing that just gets a hold of you. And you know, yeah, you can, you can have a beer and it isn't a problem. I'm not that guy. There's a problem. <clears throat> so here I am standing before you. My daughter, God, I'm up here, right? I'm out of this world, insanely proud of her. And at the same time, at the same time, I have a prodigal son in the Weber County Jail with a drug addiction. And you tell me, what am I supposed to do as a dad? What am I supposed to feel when this and that is part of my world. I said, Lord, Jesus, help me. I don't want to be a double-minded man. I want to be your man. I want to be filled with your spirit. I want to be the man that you want me to be. And how am I going to be that man? I got a son that's in jail and a daughter that's awesome. I got grandkids all around me. I'm blessed. I was going to take my shoes off. I'm blessed out of my socks every day. I was going to take my shoes off. I was going to tell you. How does a man process this? So, all these notes, all these things that I was going to tell you, they're probably not good. But, <laughs> but <clears throat> I just want to say, I got up this morning. Whew, crazy, because we were up late, and then we got to get up early. And I come to the, the meeting, and you know, I wanted to be here for coffee. So, yeah, not a lot of sleep, but I'm thinking, Lord, I need, like, I got to get something written down. I got to say something that's going to, I don't want to get up here and waste your time. I don't want to waste his time. I want him to be glorified. So as I sat there this morning and I thought, Lord God, how do I process the two extremes in my life? I said, Gary, you got two hearts. I, said, I do. Not a double-minded man. You got two hearts. And you got a heart that is of flesh. And you got a what I brave heart, Robert. A brave heart. I got a brave heart in here, and I got a heart of flesh at the same time. One is rejoicing and celebrating my daughter, my grandkids, the blessings in my life. The other heart is breaking for my son who struggles beyond anything I can imagine, and I'm so glad, uh, I told Jane, I was so glad she was here, we just have this, if anybody's a Winnie the Pooh fan, Tigger, I'm a Tigger, she's a Tigger, and uh, th that's kind of what I do, that's my MO, I'm always up, and uh, oh, when, when Tigger becomes an Eeyore, man, it, it's a horrible thing. Because uh, I'm so used to being up, so used to being up, and uh, the addiction that my son is going through is—it's this has been a 12-year battle. So he's had good days. That he's recovered. He's got off of this, got back on that. Um, just endless, it seems. But through that whole thing, I'm still blessed, and I'm still loved, and I still got things to celebrate. And so I thought of the prodigal son father and how he had a good son who was home and never never left 
that he had the prodigal that went out and did ungodly things. And somehow he managed those two worlds. He had a heart broken over here and he had a heart for God on this side that was filled and he was blessed because he was a blessed man. So I'm a blessed man and I got a, I got a brave heart and I've got a flesh heart. Yeah. And because the, there has to be two hearts because the Bible says that wickedness comes from the heart. Evil comes from the heart. Those things, that's the flesh heart. But then you have a, if the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit in your brave heart. That's, that's where you want to live. That's where you want it. That's where you're going to be triumphant. That's where you're going to have victory. And you're going to be able in the same day to celebrate one child, mourn for the other child, maybe at the same moment. Maybe during that same, you can get a, I can get a horrible phone call, and yet I can be snuggling one of my grandchildren at home at the same time. And somehow you got to figure that out. And uh, I uh, asked my wife the other, this is recent too, pretty cool. Uh, she said, uh, I asked her, <clears throat> what do you love about me? Crazy question. Oh, I wanted, to, I wanted to show you my cool daddy glasses because I was going to impress you. So, yeah, I was going to be Mr. Cool because I needed him to read, to read my notes. I was thinking, anyway. So, yeah, I'm a dork. And, but she loves me, though. She really does love me. So she says, I love the, and this is the worst year in our family's life, bar none. I was in Korea for a year without, without my family. This is worse. And it's not COVID-related either. It's not. We are, our hearts are breaking for our son. He is, he's been homeless in Ogden. People see him, and you've probably seen him. And you just think, oh, my gosh, that guy's just lost. He's lost. He's in jail with guys, and, and they say, what happened to you? Your dad still loves you. Your mom, you're, they're not divorced. You're not from a broken home. You got nothing going on. What is wrong with you? Every day, he has to answer to these guys like, I don't know how this happened. I know how this happened. See, I got a flesh heart, and I got a brave heart. And if I were to take a few steps in the flesh heart direction, that would have been me. That could have very easily been me. I have a very addictive personality. I, can, I, I could see it, no doubt in my mind. How did I produce a child that has an addiction? Because that's who I am. How did I produce a daughter full of Jesus? Because that's who I am too. So I got two hearts in here, and I got to listen to one or the other, and I just pray that you guys would figure that out and you would realize that you can pour into one heart or the other. But as, a, as an encourager, um, I don't even know how else to say this. You need to be here. Yeah. Not the building. I've came in this building when nobody's here. Guess what? Yeah, it's not that special. Yeah, it's a pretty log cabin. It's, you need to be here. Um, I came back from Korea in 1996. From Promise Keepers, I learned that pastors have the hardest job in God's kingdom. Got all these people to try to please, all these people that want something from them. And God told me, when you get back to Utah, go find a pastor and devote yourself to him. Support him. Be there for him. Be his friend. He needs a friend. He needs a man in his life. So this guy, this guy wasn't here yet because he's been here 12 years. But this was in 96. Pastor Mark was here. I came and I sat right over there. My wife wasn't here because she was working. And I, Pastor Mark said, let's get on our knees and pray. Right in the middle of the service, let's get on our knees and pray. I'm like, oh, I'd, I'd already been to three. I, I went to the closest church, my house, and then I went farther, farther, and I got here. This was the next one. Uh, Washington Heights would have been next if I would <laughs> If I wouldn't like this church, but we're on our knees and I'm praying. And I said, Lord God, I want to, I want to be around that man. I want to be around that man. And I got to know, guess what? He's got flaws, man. I didn't know pastors had flaws. I didn't know they had problems. 
I grew up. I got saved in 1980 on our honeymoon, by the way. That's part of that love story thing that you need to hear. But 1980, and there were televangelists. And I always wanted to do this. Like, where's that camera at? Like, Jesus is talking to you, boy. I would, I would be, yeah, I always wanted to do that because I was the gullible Christian. Like, he is talking to me. Oh, my God. You know. And, yeah, many churches you can go and you can hide out and nobody will know you. You could show up on different, three different services, blah, 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 never meet another person twice. Here we got, people are going to know you. Yeah. yeah. I, I had some struggles in those 25 years. I had no business being in this church. And I said, God told you I was going to read my Bible every day, and I told you I'm going to go to church every Sunday. I'm going. I, I'm totally messed up Saturday night, totally messed up Sunday night, but I'm going to be to church on Sunday morning. Something happens when you just show up, especially on the day when you don't want to show up. That's the one. You know, kids are, you know, poop their pants, and golly, you're heading out the door, and you're just like, God, this can't be your will. Like, I can't go to church. That's the day. That's the day you got to go. Because the devil knows that's the day you got to be there. I just, I'm the coffee guy, for heaven's sake. I like making coffee. But I do love Jesus. I, I do try every day to, to reflect the light. I do try to be that guy. But I'm a blue-collar guy. I I was in the Air Force for years, and I, I was a mechanic. I'm, a, I'm around guys that use the F word for adjective, verb, and noun. Like, seriously. But my heart is with those guys. Those are the guys that I want to touch. I just show up working alongside these guys, and I, just the fact that you don't cuss, they're like, like, what is up with this guy? Like, wow. Um, so easy to impress them and so easy to share Jesus with them because they're like, oh my gosh, you know, who is this guy? And then slowly but surely you begin to share Jesus with them, what Jesus has done for you. So anyway, that's, that's who I feel. Um, I wanted to say this because I think worshipers, have a, here's how I see it. Okay, the worshipers, they're around God all the time. They just love them. They bless them. They praise them. They're like the angels. They're just there at the throne. Guys like me, no, we don't, we don't see them that often. When the king comes by, it's a, it's a rare thing, but it's a powerful thing. Yeah, we're out on the North 40 working on the tractor or whatever, and Jesus comes by every once in a while, and wow, not used to it. But it's good and when he does, and he recognizes me, and he knows and shares with me that, Gary, I need you out there. I need you with those guys. Those guys need me just as bad as anyone else. And so wherever God has called you to be, you know, you can be the light wherever you're, wherever you're at. And uh, so, um, yeah, I wanted to, to leave you with that message that showing up, I know it sounds religious. I know it sounds kind of ridiculous, but it is it is part of you getting to where you need to be with Jesus. You can pray at home. You can read your Bible. You can do a lot of things on your own, but there's something about being here and hearing God's people, being around God's people. These hugs that I get from these men and uh, every Sunday, um, that's not a light thing to me. That's It's, it's a big deal. Because every time I see him, it's a reminder that, wow, I'm in the right place. I'm in the right place because I'm with God's people because we're going to spend a lot of time together. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. Um, that's the plan, right? So uh, I love you guys dearly. Um, the amazing thing about this church, having been here so long, is just it's just different people, three, four years, five years, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how, how it just changes and new faces and new people. But anyway, I love you guys, and uh, um, I hope you take something, you know, that, that double heart thing. I, I, 
I don't know. I just, I just see it. I, it's the only way that I can, I can, as a simple man, just trying to uh, reconciliate the two differences in my life. Totally blessed and totally suffering for my son because I want him to come back. See, our son was, he was like your son. When he was little, he was awesome. Awesome little guy. And uh, that's how we see him. We see him just like that. He's not the drug addict, homeless guy on the street. He's that little boy that used to run up and jump in my arms. And uh, yeah, we, there are a lot of things that you can hate in this world, but don't, don't hate the drug addicts, please. Come on. Please. I, I am asked, I am gonna ask you to close your eyes for this one because I think it's it's um respect. Just everybody just close your eyes a second, would you? Uh, except for Gary. Um I, I've watched you just listen to me, don't look at me, please. I've, I've watched this man for 12 years of my privileged life uh, walk in incredible transparency down through the years as he shared and talked at different things. And I, I've watched the freedom that transparency has brought him. And all heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm not going to ask Gary to pray for you by name, but if, if you're sitting here then, you know that, that God's calling you or stirring you to walk in a place of transparency in an area of your life. And you're struggling with it. I just want you to slip your hand up and put it down. Anybody? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put it back down. Out of respect for you, I want to do it in confidentiality. Gary, um, would you do me a favor before we go any further? We're going to take a couple of minutes. But would you pray over those people who went, hey, I'm, 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 I'm struggling in an area. I know I need to become transparent. I'm struggling. Would you pray that, that dad would meet them in that moment and allow them? Because it's really about a step at a time. It's never about 50 steps. It's never about here. It's really about taking one step at a time and allowing Jesus to move us through his continuum on a day-to-day -day journey. And so, Gary, would you pray over those people for us, please, first of all, before we go any further? Father God, it was years ago when you, when you showed me. I looked at leaders in the church. I looked at pastors. I looked at televangelists. And I thought, wow, this guy's going to struggle with all things. I've seen three men that just got Jesus all over me and never seen anything like it. And then I found out the guy was my group. It was devastating. He wasn't really Christian because I thought, surely men of God don't go there. Surely men of God aren't doing those things. And so I went to church, not believing that I was saved, but I thought, hey, I better go to church for my wife and kids because I can't do this. I can't do this. This pornography is strong. The, the addiction is strong. I can't, I can't walk this walk. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I just can't do this. And then Jesus showed up. And he told me that I could, that I could be a good man, that I could be a faithful husband, that I could be a good dad and love my kids and not be selfish. And I didn't believe him. I didn't believe him at first. Slowly but surely, yeah, I see the fruit of the Spirit in my life now more and more. So... Uh, I just lift these people up to you, Father God, and I pray for that same revelation, for the imperfections, the things they have in their life, the double-mindedness that is driving them absolutely crazy and thinking that they can't do this. You can do it. They can do it with you, Lord, and that's what you want. You want us dependent on you every day, and I just pray that they would find that out. They would live that out. Find a couple men. Get around some men that can encourage you, some women who can encourage you, uh, to be that, that good husband, that good wife that you want to be, that good teenager, that just obedient to, to Christ person that you want to be. I just pray for that in Jesus' name. Everybody look at me a second. Keep your eyes open for this one. Is, um, are you struggling with somebody right now that's breaking your heart? Are you breaking theirs? Are you struggling with maybe which heart 
Gary's talking about to lean into the, 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 the kind of flesh heart, brave heart. I like the brave heart thing. Okay. I mean, is that you? I mean, you sense God's trying. If that's you, would you stand where you're at? You know, hey, I'm struggling with somebody that way. Or I'm struggling or whatever the application is for you. I did the first thing with eyes closed because I think because of what we're dealing with a minute ago. But this is really all of us. I, I think if we're going to love people who walk through these doors, we have to have his heart. I don't want to be religious. I really don't. I don't want to create a religious place. Or religious. I want hurting, bruised, broken, searching people to have a safe place to come and just be themselves and go, Bleh. and it be okay because you're blood. I'm blood. Ask Andrea. I'm blood all the time. Her and Jesus work really hard. We have this danger of kind of, we have to pretend to be religious, check the box. People, we don't. We can be free to be everything that goes. You're standing in freedom. There's nobody laughing at you. Justin, everybody, I'm for you. If you want to see me in miniskirt and pom-poms, I can do that. Yeah. He said yes. Yeah. Like, these people are for you. Nobody's like, oh, whatever. They're, we're for you. And so as Gary prays, Jesus, let my heart move to where it needs to. I want to be free today. I don't want to put it in a filing system and just call it a day and check the whole another service. I want something to change in me so that tomorrow can be different. Amen. All right, why don't you pray for us, buddy, please? <clears throat> Father God, have you as you've shown me over and over and over again that the battle is in our mind. It's our thoughts, Lord God. It's so much our thoughts. And we've got to be careful, especially as I can speak for men. you got to be careful what you put in front of your face, what you look at, what you think about. Help us, Father God, to take every thought captive like your word says. Take it captive, study it, figure it out if it should even be thought at all. And chances are there's plenty that shouldn't be. And Father God, give us the courage. Give us the brave heart to fight against those things. Let us be warriors, not wimps. We don't want to be those people that just are just milk toast. They're just soft. They're just so squishy, washy, just worthless people. We want to be people who are warriors that are fighting for the right thing, to be good men, to be good fathers, to be good husbands. Father God, we want to be those people, and we're struggling, and the devil's just showing up with silly deceptive things that he's used over the years and it's, we're so gullible and so stupid when we think those things father and remind us how you can clean our thoughts how you can keep us our mind clear and we can have the mind of christ if we will just depend on you if we will just lean on you if we will just trust you and father god i just pray for power i pray for your power the holy spirit to come down and fill us so full, so full of you that we don't have any room for any of the garbage, Lord. That our brave heart would be so strong it would kick the flesh's yes. heart's butt yes. out of the situation. And that we would be brave souls for you, Father God. That we would speak up when we need to. That we would love when it's appropriate. And we would do the right thing, Father God. Help us to be those people, Father God, as we go out into the world, even today. And it's in Jesus' name we thank you, Lord. Hey, Tristan, would you step in there a second? Clay, would you come and join Tristan a second? Eva, would you step down a second? Adeline, would you come and join Eva a second? Gary, would you step down there? Vi, would you come up here and join Gary a second? Hey, we're going to close here in a second. Um, thanks for your patience. Um, step down there, Gary, would you, with, the, with your bride? Um, thank you guys for just allowing Jesus to work through these incredible people. But please, hear me here. You have a story that God wants to use to impact someone who doesn't know that Jesus loves them and accepts him in their brokenness. Because our religious world says, clean yourself up first. And Jesus says, come as you are. So I'm going to encourage this. Who, who do you need to share your story with? Not to be religious, not to have 15 points and all that sort of stuff. But who do you need to brush shoulders with like Jake to just share your story with somebody? Because somebody needs to hear your story. I'm going to ask you as we close it, if you need prayer for anything, if you, if you don't know Jesus, and you're like, dude, this is the courageous thing in the world. I'd like to know a little bit more what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Would you come up and talk to one of these guys? If you want something else specifically to be prayed for, I'm going to ask you to come let them pray for you. Um, if you were the young lady, 
needed to hear what this young lady, the Lord said to you through this young lady. I'm going to ask you to come and allow her to agree with you because you need to hear it. Young ladies, you are princesses of the Most High God. You are. You are princesses of the Most High God. And in this place, young ladies, look at me. You are fully welcome. Single, married, all are welcome at the table because God has called you and gifted you and equipped you and molded you and shaped you for such a time as this in Jesus' name. And Gar, before we go, I want you to look at the camera right up there. I don't want you to do it. Go on, just do it. Go on, just point. Jesus is talking to you. Yeah. All the religious bones just got washed right out of the building. Okay, hey, do me a favor, guys, would you stand? Thank you. Hey, do me a favor. If this is your regular home and you saw someone come as a guest, please, I beg you, go out your way. Go love on them, hug them, shake their hand, pull their nose, pull their hair, whatever works best. But love on somebody as you go. If you need prayer, come forward, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day. God bless. Say